Hello, my name is Samuel Keith Harris. Welcome to the First Love Church podcast. I'm so happy you clicked onto this podcast. I pray that you would be blessed, edified, and encouraged to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. Enjoy. In Philippians chapter 3, we're, we're singing about to know Jesus in his sufferings. And I think that's, that's a commonly forgotten thing in the Christian life, but daily we can suffer for Christ. Meaning, when people assume your wrong motives and they, they treat you wrongly, or there could be a whole slew of things, people treating you wrongly in different ways, you thinking people don't understand you like they should, you can take everything to the Lord and just cast it over on the Lord. What I, The picture of Jesus' suffering that I love is that the scripture says with every blow, he entrusted his heart to the Lord. So every time in your heart you think I have a right to respond is an opportunity to suffer with Christ and cast it over on him and to share in his sufferings. Many people are suffering outwardly in their body, bearing the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ, and yet loving the Lord all the more, right? So that's a beautiful way to know the Lord Jesus is as we go through our life and we continually die to self more and more, not just that time where we died to our flesh sins that were overtaking us, but we die to wrong motives, die to impure thoughts, die to those things that could take up residence in our heart. And though Satan can tempt us, they don't have to take a root in us anymore. So let's, let's suffer with Christ. I love this in Philippians 3, 7, but everything that was gained to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. Now we're not just giving up things to give them up. We're giving them up to gain Christ. If you, if you just try to give up sins or you try to give up things, you'll never be satisfied unless you gave them up to gain Christ and to have him in his fullness. To seek him daily from the scriptures because you said this impurity will keep me away from the revelation knowledge I want of the Lord. This impure thing that, that has my heart and a grasp on my life will keep me away from knowing Jesus, my Lord. And that's why I shun wickedness and pursue righteousness, because I want him. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value. Look at that value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. All those other things, I don't even, I don't want them anymore. But there can be a temptation to remember the good old days, right? Has anybody ever been there? Well, that, that shows the reality of where your heart presently is. Because Israel, they looked back and said, Egypt was better for us. When we were in bondage and when we were in slavery, it was better for us because they knew their food was coming and they could at least somewhat control things. But they, they didn't like that complete and utter total dependence upon God. And so they looked back to when their time of slavery, as though it was a wonderful time, yet they were burdened by their slavery, cried out for freedom, and God sent a deliverer named Moses who delivered the people of Israel out of the Egyptian bondage. But when you lose that heart of gratitude in that you've gained God, when you forget that, you lose sight of that, then every vile thing looks appetizing. But when you have God... And you love God and your heart is fully in God. Every vile thing looks as vile as it is. It looks as disgusting as it is. 
So our goal is not to deny sin, be, but, that, but love it. It's to actually get a new heart that hates sin and shun it. Because we've gained the beauty of God and we don't want anything to obstruct our view of his character coming into us, shining through us, for the world to see that they might believe and trust in Jesus also. Amen? So let's look at this. I consider everything, everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of him I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ. I, I love that. The righteousness that comes through the law is, a lot of times, this is how it plays out. People pick the things that they're good at to obey and then point the finger at other people not obeying them. That's, that's righteousness through the law. I'll go this far. I won't commit murder, but I'm going to hate my brother. I won't commit adultery, but I'm going to look and lust at women or men or whatever. That's righteousness through the law. It's, it's not made perfect. The, the Spirit comes and He gives us new desires through faith that receives the righteousness of God. You understand something. Many times in Christianity, we settle for words. And what I mean by that is we read these words, but we don't... We don't go deeper to see the reality of what these words mean or what they're trying to actually say because these are doorways into experiencing God. Like the receiving the righteousness that is through faith in Christ, do you know all that that entails? You are literally becoming one with the Holy One. You are literally coming into a first-hand knowledge of the God who is from everlasting that is the righteousness you're receiving is Christ's very righteousness in nature. And that's what, that's what is supposed to cause the heart to exalt and worship God for his surpassing excellency. Like, do you understand that you know God? Does that ever occur to you in, in your daily life as you're going about? And we can slip into these little cycles. Oh, I'm, I'm really struggling with this or I'm struggling with this. But if you know God, God, and if you say, God, fill me, then when he fills you, every vile thing leaves. When he fills you, he confronts the idolatry or the sin that's in your heart out of love, moves it out so he can come in fully. And so he can love you and you can love him and you can experience the peace and joy that surpasses anything you could have ever imagined. Because you've been obedient and said, I don't want the filth of this world. I want Jesus. Amen. And I love what Paul said. He said, I've counted everything as loss for the sake of gaining Christ. Now, when we understand what it means that we're gaining Christ, that in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus describing his own kingdom, what did he say? He said, my kingdom is like a treasure hidden in a field that somebody found and in their joy they hid that treasure again, went back, sold everything they had to buy the field to get the treasure. That's the kingdom of God. That's how you're supposed to perceive it. Oh my gosh, I was living in the world. I had no, this is what it produced. Shame, sin, destructive relationships, a horrible life, misery, depression, despair. And the kingdom of God is offering me peace if I'll run fully into it. It's offering me joy if I'll run fully into it. 
It's offering me life and life that doesn't even fade. It gets brighter and brighter until the full light of day when we see him fully, when we come into his presence forever because we put off this earthly tent because we died. And now we're with him forever. Praise God. That is the victory of the Christian life is that we'll never die. That life doesn't fade. Though, though to the, that's the foolishness of the gospel is that though men take our lives, they don't actually take our lives. We laid them down just like Christ so we could get the glory that comes with losing our life for the sake of the gospel. And I'm telling you, you'll never understand that until you lay your life down. Until you give a full sacrifice and the fire falls on you, it will sound impossible. But the joy that enriches the soul is found in a heart that's fully given over to Jesus Christ that wakes up and is looking for wisdom, is waiting at wisdom's gates, cannot wait until God speaks to them a word from the scriptures that could alter their life for the rest of their life. Praise God, when the words of the Bible leaf off the page and God penetrates them deep into your spirit and you're never the same and you start to bear Christ's fruit and nature in your life. Then other people see it, fear, tremble, and trust in God too. Just like Psalm chapter 40 says. Now that sounds appetizing to me. And this world sounds like the filth it is. When I think about what I, what I want to be remembered for. If I ever have a funeral and Jesus doesn't come back and snatch me away. All the believers. If I ever have a funeral. You know what is absolutely devastating to me? These are my own ponderings. I'll give them to you. What's devastating to me is when people are talking about how they remember so-and-so. Oh, so-and-so could really throw, throw down the alcohol. So-and-so could really eat some food. So-and-so, they really like their sports team. And, but that fades out. Like, after the funeral, nobody remembers any of that other than, oh, yeah, they, they lived an okay life, I guess. But the life that's given over to God, and, and this is very real to me because I'm reading a lot of Christian biographies, one after the other, is the life that was given over to God bears fruit even after they're dead. Me reading how they sacrificed their life all for the glory of the gospel because they saw how valuable Jesus was so they abstain from the filth of this world. Me reading that, seeing their surrendered life, prompts me by the power of the Holy Spirit to want to lay down my life and live fully for God till I take my last breath. That's what I'm talking about. That's beautiful. And it makes everybody else's funeral depressing as it is. People that did not know Jesus. Funerals should be depressing. But oh, those that know Jesus, it should be a celebration that somebody gave their life for God's sake. And, and people's lives were forever changed for eternity because of it. May that be us. May that be us. May that be our pursuit. Back to the scripture. But one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. My goal, I love this. Somebody say, my goal, my goal is to know him. Oh, God. 
is to know him. Now, this is the same Paul that saw Jesus on the road to Damascus and was blinded by a light from heaven. My goal is to know him. This is the same Paul that was caught up into the heavens and saw, saw things in heaven that he could not come down and even say. That same Paul. And the cry of his heart is my goal is to know Jesus. There's no more worse words than when you have a stale Christian heart and there's no better words when your heart's on fire because it tells you something. There's so much more available in Jesus that I'm in a paddle boat in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and I've got endless treasures that I can access in Jesus Christ for the rest of my life. That means I have everyday purpose, joy, peace, and, and life awaiting me every single day of my life. That the futility of my of my life is gone because now every day has purpose. That was one thing that tormented me. I was good enough at sports in high school, but not good enough to go on. And all I ever cared about was sports and, and all these things. I lost the purpose of my life. I had nothing to live for daily, which led me to be angry and take it out on other people. But when Jesus came and gave me everyday purpose, joy permeated my soul and my being. And he'll make you useful and, and to live for a higher purpose. You're here to live to glorify his name until the day you take your last breath. And then he welcomes you into glory and says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. The shame is many Christians will not hear that. Many will hear you've barely made it. You've escaped this through a wall of fire, as the scriptures tell us. Because there are people who are sealed with Christ, but they don't live for Christ. They don't live sacrificially for Christ. There are sins that will keep you out of heaven. But I'm talking about people. They even live good, but they don't live sacrificially. They, they, they're obedient to Christ's commands. Obviously, they're missing it somewhere. But they don't live sacrificially. But I'm here to lay down my life in its entirety. Is anybody with me? In its entirety. I don't want to keep back one measure for myself. Not one, not one bit. Praise God. My goal is to know him. And not to, just to know him. There's something that comes with it. The power of his resurrection. And not just that. And the fellowship of his sufferings. Being conformed to his death. Assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Praise God. Who's willing to suffer for Christ? Jesus said this. He said, the reproaches of those who have reproached you have fallen on me. That means the people that insult God, are in, the, the insults fall on you. And you feel that burden when they insult your God. Or, as the scripture says in 2 Peter chapter 2, that, righteous, that, that Lot's righteous soul was vexed daily. He was tormented in his soul because of the lawlessness that was running around in, in, in the nation. Or Noah, build that ark for a hundred years. Have people think you're another fool because nobody's ever seen rain. 
And the Bible said, but the Bible says this about Noah. He was a preacher of righteousness. Glory to God. And that's what every believer ought to be. A minister of righteousness. The scripture says that we are ministers of reconciliation. What does that mean? It means it's our daily job to inquire of people if they want to be reconciled back to God. And the most effective way to do it is to be sold out in your own heart and life and people see Christ in you. And then to tell them, hey, you can be reconciled to God too if you'll repent of your sins. He'll bring you back to him. Praise the Lord. Now verse 12. Not that I have already reached the goal. Notice that. Not that I've already reached this goal. So it's foolish for any Christian to stop seeking God and think that they've reached the goal. If the Apostle Paul has not reached the goal or I'm already perfect, but I make every effort. And that's what the Lord's looking for. I, I'm not just sitting back idly. I make every effort to make this come to my reality. I want to know Jesus. So I pursue Jesus. It's along the lines of when Jesus says that those who ask receive, those who seek find, and those who knock, the door will be open, right? Many people, they ask once and quit. Is that what scripture said to do? It says, ask and you'll receive. Then here's what people hate. Seek and find, not just seek, knock. And the door will be open. God is looking for persistent seekers that will pray and pray and pray and pray and pray until the prayer is answered. Glory to God. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Those who would come to God must believe that he is God and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek them, seek him. God is saying, I want you to actually believe that I'm going to reward you when you seek me. That should give us confidence through the roof. Every time I seek the Lord in prayer, the word of God in worship, or am trying to lead people to him, God is going to reward me, and that reward will be fruitfulness and answered prayers for the glory of God. The Lord gave me this picture a few weeks ago, or maybe a week ago, sometime recently. That every day in Christ, do you understand something? When you meet Jesus, you're washed completely clean. You're white as snow. There's not one sin that remains. He breaks the power of it, and positionally you're right, and you're able to live freely in righteousness and live right before God because he broke the power of sin in your life and destroyed it and washed it away. That's our every day in Christ, right? Okay, he's given us a blank canvas every day. It's completely white that we can fill up with good works that glorify his name. Don't live one day shame-filled, in regret. Just understand that if you gave your life to Jesus and, you're, and you don't want to live in sin anymore, that you have a blank canvas to fill up with good works that glorify Jesus every day. And every sacrifice you make will be rewarded on that day. That should make us lick our chops. Because knowing that you're going to stand before a God who knows all, is fearful, but to know that the, he's going he's gonna to look at all these works that were done out of the right motive, mind you, love, to glorify him. Oh, so-and-so, I saw you did this, 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 because you believed in me, right? It's not apart from him. Anybody could give to a homeless man and still burn in hell. 
It's not what we're talking about. Work, work, works, 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 works. And then you went home and in private you loved on Jesus. Do you understand that the Bible says the person whose heart is right with God does not seek praises from men, but seeks praise from God. That's an interesting statement. Sam, Sam, don't say that because God's not going to praise you. You're here to praise him. I didn't say God worships us and neither did Paul. He says he'll praise it. That was a good work you did. And you did that because you look, I actually empowered you to do that. And now I'm going to reward you for it. On that day, on that day, it will be Christ that, that is the reason that we're in heaven. But let me tell you something, when you're standing before God, you're going to wish to God you gave up your life. You're going to wish to God you sacrificed. You're going to wish to God you prayed. You're going to wish to God that you did these things to glorify his name. I guarantee it. Because the Bible says that when he comes back, many will shrink back from him in shame. Now, why would that be? Because they know they're not living right. But the Bible says that there will be people that are looking for that day, making that day come quicker. And on that day, they'll stand before him boldly rare breed of people <laughs> and daily when i look up in the sky and, and know that jesus is coming back i'm not fearful i'm excited why i'm right with god why i'm living for him daily why because his blood cleansed me broke the power of sin and i see the utter filth of it and i want nothing to do with it anymore i just want to live for him and glorify his name till the day that he comes and that's our inheritance in the kingdom of god praise the lord But I make every effort to take hold of it because I have also been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Have you been taken hold of? Have you been captivated? When I first started dating Caitlin, there was nothing more important to me. Nothing. She was the priority of my life. And she is a priority in my life. So... But because I'm in first love for Jesus, I understand that more fully. Nothing gets in the way of me serving the Lord. Nothing. And it never will. Why? Because I'm dead with Christ and my life is hidden in God. And when you're in that place, you'll have so much joy, you'll feel like your soul's gonna burst. And I know there's more. Praise God. And it's a place of freedom. Like the scripture says this in the book of James, and we might touch on this tomorrow. It says, so speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law of freedom. Interesting. When you think of law, you think restriction. But in Christ, it's a law of freedom. It reminds me of what Paul says in Galatians chapter 5. The scripture says, that the fruit of the Spirit is to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And it says this phrase, and against such things there is no law. You can't, do, you can't live this way and inherit the kingdom of God. But have a field day with these characteristics. Have a field day with the love of God, the joy of God, the peace of God, the patience of God, the self-control of God, the goodness of God. Have a field day in those fruits. So speak and so act as those who are going to be judged by the law of freedom. Well, Sam, what about people that don't have the law? Romans 2 says those who don't have the law will be judged without the law because the law is written on all of our hearts. Only ourselves, do you understand? Only do we deceive ourselves. 
When you sin, who feels guilty about it? All right. Eternity's written in our heart. The law's written on our heart. We deceive ourselves and numb the pain with outward solutions because we don't want to hear the Holy Spirit's voice anymore telling us stop and come to me. Yet in that place, we're weary. Yet in God, when we abstain and we, we find new pursuits, new pleasures in God, we are so joyful, it's unbelievable. But the carnal mind is irritated by this because it can't understand the ways of God. But the scripture says that those who lay down their life will what? Here's what's wild. They'll find it. Those who try to save their life, lose it. And that's where the ultimate test of faith rests. Do I believe that if I lay down what I want, who wouldn't want to stay at home? Well, people don't like sports. But who wouldn't want to stay at home and watch college football all day on a Saturday? I know I used to. My day's not given over to that anymore. My day's given over to Jesus Christ. And I have way more joy than I've ever had. Then I can watch highlights and save about 10 hours. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. We'll end here. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is head. Praise God. Here's what I want you to do if you'll close your eyes. Forget what lies behind and look to what's ahead. Tomorrow's a new day. The rest of tonight is a new night that has never existed before. And you get to choose how you'll spend the rest of your days. Am I going to press on like Paul, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us who are mature think this way. It's, God, it's immature Christians that don't think this way. And they allow themselves to slip into a spiritual malaise. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this to you. And he says, be careful and look at our example. Don't look at these other people's example. These other Christians are actually the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose God is their belly, who glory in their shame. They glory in their impurity all the while going to church. Imitate Paul, who laid down his life and gained Christ. So, Father, we thank you that we could come into your precious holy presence and hear from the word of God, experience the life of God in Jesus Christ. And I pray that you'd refine everyone here, Lord, that we'd give ourselves fully over to you and experience the depths of peace and joy and life that you have for us in your Holy Spirit. May you pierce our hearts and transform our lives and may we never be the same. It's in Jesus' precious name that I pray. And all God's children said, amen. Well, Sam loves you. More importantly, Jesus loves you. And First Love Church loves you. Have a blessed Saturday night.